Hi guys, you're listening to Real Life Scenarios with Nora and Tams. Hello. Hi guys. Welcome back to Real Life Scenarios. Yes, a podcast by two Londoners giving unprofessional advice. That's correct. We cover current news, real life dilemmas that you guys sent in and random shit. Yes. You know, Um, but today we have a guest with us and we've been really, really excited about this guest because um, one, as Tams likes Canadians, as I've said, (laughs) (laughs) and two... She's not afraid to talk about whatever it is that she wants to talk about. So I think she'll fit right in. So Our kind of people, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, um, Hayley, hello. 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 Thank you so How much for you? having me. I'm I'm doing really well. Good, good. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what do you do? Where do you live? Sure. So my name is Hayley McGee. And yes, I'm Canadian. I grew up in Canada. I lived in Toronto for, I grew up in a place called Kitchener-Waterloo, which is outside of Toronto. And then I moved to Toronto when I was 17 and I studied acting and I worked in Toronto for about a decade as an actor and a writer and a theater maker. And then I moved to the UK in 2016 and I've been living here since I live in Southeast Mm. London and I write, I act, I make solo shows, one woman shows and perform them. And my most recent one woman show, which is called the ex-boyfriend yard sale. And it was about how I tried to get out of credit card debt by selling items from my exes and ended up going on this big adventure around the cost of love. And I've just turned that show into a book, into a memoir that was published. uh, Yes. uh, I mean, I'm happy you mentioned that actually, because we was going to talk about your book and I know it recently got released in 27th of May, I think in the UK. Yes. Um, Now I read some of the book and the first chapter made me laugh. The first page, (laughs) you know, I don't want to give any spoilers, but the first page I was like, that's funny. (laughs) Oh, Maybe if you could tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea. And I know it was, you know, because you was in debt. So if you could give us maybe a bit of why you decided to do this. Sure. So it's, it's based on the truth, which is that I found myself in credit card debt uh, after having moved to the UK and burning through my savings and racking up debt. And I ended up on the phone with my credit card company, Visa, essentially bartering with them. And Mm -hmm. I was saying things like, well, could you not charge me interest this month? And they were like, well, we can only really do something like that if you can prove to us that you're actively trying to pay off your bill. And I just blurted out, well, I'm going to have a yard sale. I'm going to sell some things. And then I looked around my flat and I realized the only things that I could actually sell, the only things that I owned that had monetary value had been given to me by my different ex-boyfriends. Bicycle, I had a vintage typewriter, a ukulele, uh, this necklace, it's a diamond and sapphire and a whole bunch of other items. And, And I started thinking, hold on a second, what are these things really worth given all the ways we invest or don't in our romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And I became really fixated on this idea of trying to turn sentimental value into cash. And so at that point I thought, Ooh, actually I should create a show about this because I think this is really interesting. And so I sort of decided to forego 
selling my things in a yard sale and instead said, let me make a show about the process of trying to turn sentimental value into cash using these objects as kind of the test for that. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what the book is about too. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good idea. And I mean, we get this question quite a lot and we've held this question off because we knew you was coming. (laughs) Now, the question that we get quite often is how much does love cost? Now, this is so, me personally, I find this so difficult to answer because it's so subjective, of course. Um, But like to hear your views on how much you think love costs and what what do you think that depends on it's such a good question <laughs> what does love cost well i like to think of love costing in kind of three big categories so time emotion and money and then within those three categories there are a lot of subcategories like yeah uh for instance with time Yes, it costs however many years you were in a particular relationship or you were hung up on a particular person, but it's also kind of interesting to think about those years as a percentage of your life. So a three-year relationship when you're 19 is a much bigger piece of your life than a three-year relationship when you're 53. And so I think in some ways, when we're thinking about what the time has cost us, we have to think about it in terms of how much of our 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 lifespan we've given to a person. Um, Mm. In terms of emotion, I think that it's interesting because I write about this in the book. I think that relationships that are just kind of meh, maybe they don't cost us a lot in terms of sadness or rage or disappointment, but they also don't balance out with joy and bliss and, you know, love struck feelings. And so I actually think when it comes to emotion, unless the relationship is genuinely horrible and just suffering all the time, where there's more extreme emotions, you're kind of balancing out. And so the cost is lower. And I think when a relationship is just kind of like meh, ho-hum, dum-de-dum, that is a higher cost because something that doesn't have highs and lows isn't going to be very impactful in terms of your life story. And that's when I think it becomes a little bit, a little bit of a waste. Mm. <laughs> I love the way you think and the way you just explained that. I was like, so mesmerized. Like I've never really thought about it like that before. Me, I'm just kind of like get straight to the point, but I love the fact that you just explained everything like, hey, this is how it should be. Mm. You know, like <laughs> this, I think this is how me and Nora normally see things. I don't, I don't know. I'm speaking for Nora, but normally we're just like, okay, right. How much love costs? Mm, well, it depends. You know? <laughs> yeah, That's true and, too. I mean, and the the whole idea that the fact that you managed to sell your ex-boyfriend's gifts and stuff, me, I would just give everything back to them. I feel like, you know, once I'm gifted something, I feel so bad on keeping them. Yeah. Um, why? I, I wouldn't. I'd be like, you be- gave this to me at that time, so it's mine now. But it's the, <laughs> it's the guilty conscience of it all. I think if it was stuff where, you know, you can use, I don't know, like perfume and stuff like that, like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But you know when it's more um like more valuable stuff like you mm-hmm. you like you had yeah i just feel like i'm just gonna give it back to them i don't know why but talking of that i found something from my ex-husband's um i had it in my parents attic and i took it down and i opened up the box i was like ah oh, 
this could be worth some money. <laughs> I'm not giving it back to him. I actually, I gave him the option. I did email him. I said, listen, do you want these? He didn't respond back. So I thought, find his keepers. Fair game. I'm selling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, I don't know. When I think about selling, so I've been in a really long-term relationship. And if I, if we broke up, would I sell the stuff if I needed to? I most likely would. Yeah. I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. But just like you said, the value of something, like I would look at something, look back and think, oh yeah, I remember when he gave that to me when I was, you know, wherever I was, or it make, might make me think, oh yeah, I remember he pissed me off that day and then he went and bought this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it has that sort of sentiment to it. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So it's so interesting that you, you came up with this, but I'd highly recommend to people to go and check out the book and go buy it. Where yeah. can people buy the book? People can buy the book anywhere you get books in the UK. You can get it on Amazon. You can get mm. it at Waterstones or Foils, or I would really recommend just going into your local bookstore. And if they don't have it, ask them to order the ex-boyfriend yard sale for you. And yeah, Go check it out. It's just hilarious. I found it funny. I'm not going to lie. When I first opened it with you sitting on the bus, I just found it funny. (laughs) I thought we watched your TED talk as well. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a really good one. I mean, how how did you get involved in that in TED talks? That's actually, I think, a big accomplishment, to be honest. Oh, yeah, 100%. Thank you. That, so I've only done one. It was a TEDx Newcastle University. Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually... I mean, should I admit this? My agent, my 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 literary agent called and said, like, the, this TEDx panel has just had someone drop out. Can you give a talk in two days? I really think you should go and do it. Wow. Two and days so, to talk about yeah. short notice. Yeah, it was a very <laughs> short notice. And there's like a look of panic in my eye, if you know me well, during that TED talk where my eyes like yeah. barely blink because I'm just kind of like holding on it's like riding a horse when you don't really know I mean I've actually like ridden a horse once in my life it was a terrifying experience and giving that (laughs) talk was a very similar feeling of just like I'm just holding on for your dear life here and hoping that I keep control of this thing but yeah to talk about how I how I kind of came up with the idea for the show and then the book and how I created a real mathematical formula working with a mathematician that puts a Mm. price on the material stuff we have from our exes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really good thing. I think you did really well, actually, on that. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, if it makes you feel better, you did not look nervous at all. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And the fact that you only had two days' notice, good job. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. Honestly. Because I think, I think it's public speaking is the second most feared thing in the world. Yes. Yeah. Death is one, and then number two is public speaking. And I know that can be so scary, because I would shit myself. Yeah, same. My anxiety, the way my anxiety is set up, it would not allow me to go that far. I'd be like, nope, I feel sick. I can't do it. So you know what? Good on you, to be honest. But it's interesting because you guys get on these microphones and speak like you're so relaxed. You're so candid. So why do you think that? that That's true. But do you know what it is? I think because I'm just talking to my friend. Yeah. And you sort of forget that people are actually going to listen to you. And we've had judgments already. When we first started, people are like, oh, she said this, or she sounds really funny, like her voice sounds funny. So you have these judgments, but we still do it because we don't give a shit. At the end of the day, we are here to just, you know, have a little bit of fun and entertain people and just learn something new. Yeah. Like we were told, like we were, you know, we were told, oh, you know, why don't you try YouTube? And we were like, yeah, we're not ready for that. We're not yeah, ready that's for a big it. judgment. <laughs> now, yeah, that's, I mean, I can normally just take it on the shoulder, but when it comes to 
that kind of thing. I just don't know. Yeah. It's very exposing, isn't it? Yes, definitely. So I think, you know, like a radio star, hide behind the screen, (laughs) have a microphone of you, it's just easier. Yeah. Well, they say that radio hosts are the most ugliest. (laughs) A voice for radio, a face for radio. (laughs) It's so mean. (laughs) I know, it's so mean. But you you also have a podcast, don't you? I do. I have a podcast. It's called The Cost of Love. And I I talk to different kind of, I do, I talk to experts of all different kinds about the concept of the cost of love. So I talk to someone who's an expert in the history of dating. I talk to someone about AI, like uh, the role AI plays in dating Mm -hmm. apps and algorithms. I talk to my own therapist for on two episodes, all about the cost of love and therapy when you're single and then therapy when you're in a couple. So couples therapy. Yeah. It's, I love doing it so much. Yeah. Have you been on many, are you single right now? No, I, I met somebody in lockdown. Oh, wow. How's that going? (laughs) Nudge, nudge. It's so good. I met him. Oh, that's nice. I know. It's actually like, it's kind of annoying. I was talking to one of my best friends who's now moved back to Canada yesterday and she was like, how's it, how's your relationship? And I was like, it's actually really good. And it's, you can feel people get a little bit disappointed when you give that answer because it's like, come (laughs) on, give me the dirt. Tell (laughs) Yeah. Complain. Um, Mm. You know, I I say to him, you're not perfect, but you're the fucking best. Yeah. So I started dating him in, we had our first Zoom date in April, not 2020. So it's been- You did not just say Zoom date. I know. (laughs) You said Zoom date. Our first Zoom date, because I didn't then meet him in person until, until about, we had, that was in April and I didn't meet him in person until May. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lockdown, fucking lockdown. It was lockdown love. So how was your Zoom date? Did you have like, I don't know. I'm probably being really cheesy, but did you have it like all set up or how was it? Like, were you having dinner at the same time? Like, what was, how? Oh yeah. So he, we both had a, he like sent me a list of questions beforehand that was like, will you be sitting or standing? Will you be having a drink? And I was like, oh no, who is this guy? Like, take it easy with the questions. Um, (laughs) But it was very sweet. He was like, I just want us to be on the same page. I was like, I'm going to be sitting and yes, I'll make a drink. So I... I had a drink, he had a drink, and we just sat and talked on our computers for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And we'd been having like a nice back and forth on the dating app before that. And he's also the first person I've ever dated really from a dating app. Before that, oh, yeah, was- I was just going to ask you that next. I was going to say, what is your experience with dating apps? Because I haven't really gone out there and experienced, you know, the dating apps, like your Tinders and stuff. Yeah. Well, I I decided I would go on the apps in like February 2020. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm ready. And then I went on a few a few dates in March, all hard nose, and then we locked down. And so then I've honestly, I think I was talking to about 47 people at the same time at the beginning of lockdown. Oh. And this one Good guy was just rising to the top. <laughs> Well, you know, you just strike up these conversations and then every time I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to do Hinge now. And then it'd be like an hour later having written all these people a little message. I have to ask this, did you get any dick pics? I didn't get any dick pics. I think there's like a nerdy vibe that I give off that people just <laughs> are just like I yeah, don't think that's gonna like go nerdy. over well <laughs> yeah maybe I don't know what it is I mean maybe I should be insulted I never got any dick pics no you definitely don't want to be insulted no. not at all I find no. that so offensive first of all we don't ask for your dick pics like keep that shit to yourself yeah I think I would not be 
Well, I have not received one, but I don't think I would take it well. No, I think you could. I don't know. It just may, I think when a guy feels like he, he feels like, yes, I can send this. Like, what gave you the courage? What made you think, I really want this? Is it my face? Is it my profile? <laughs> what is it that's making you feel like, yes, she wants this? Because we really don't. Yeah. I even had someone, he was like, describe your perfect day. And I like, describe something. And I was like, what's yours? And he was like, probably having sex in the morning. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, (laughs) wow. I don't know you. And you're telling me you want to have sex too much. They're confident. Over a screen, men are confident. When they see you face to face, they get a bit shy, a bit like, (laughs) yeah, but really they're just, yeah. 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 I just thought it was a little too forward. Mm, Yeah. Definitely. I, I, me personally, that's too much for me, for me anyways. Um, but it's good to know that you're in a relationship. I mean, I'm happy for you because I know, mm-hmm. you know, reading your book and stuff. <laughs> so it's good to, a lot of to see that. What are sort of like your future goals now that, you know, you've got a book now, you've done acting, you still do acting. So what is it that you're looking to do next? Or is there anything big projects that you have? It's such a good question. I kind of think about it in terms of, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, but better and for more and more people. You know, I'd really like to grow the podcast. I love having those conversations. I'd love to write another book. I'd love to write a novel. I'd Mm -hmm. really love, I do a lot of improv comedy too. And I'd really love to make, to make like a comedic TV series. That's something that, Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'd Mm -hmm. love to do whether it's based on the book or another idea. I think like creating and being and something like that would be super fun. And, you know, I just want to keep making theater. I'm dying to get back on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine that. I think it's been quite hard for a lot of people. I work with this girl who, you know, she does theater as well and she, she really missed it because she would do like these odd shows here and there and she just loved it. And it gave a sort of excitement, something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so it must be, especially with COVID's hit hard on, you know, the entertainment industry. Mm. Um, I mean, personally, I haven't been to the theater in years oh, I would God. love to go I just haven't had... was the last time I went yeah same what we were 16 last 15, time I went to the theatre yeah. when I do either ex-boyfriend yard sale again or one of my new shows I will happily give you tickets yes oh, and we would love to come yeah. that would be so Honestly, great I've been burning to go to see a show I just want to do something different that I don't usually do you know? same I don't know same. if that's with age now I'm like oh let me try to do something else yeah. I don't know because <laughs> I want to do a lot of things before I turn 30 I'm like let me just do more things yeah. um so definitely I, we would love to come and see that that would be nice um, should we move on to some questions Yes, so we thought we would ask you some would you rather questions. Oh, great. Are you up for this? Yeah. (laughs) So obviously it'll be based more on relationships and stuff like that, just to get in with the vibe. Okay. So are you ready? Ready. Would you rather be happy and content but not achieve much or never be satisfied but achieve a lot? I think I'm more of never be satisfied and achieve a lot. Why? Yeah, I think I'll be the same. <laughs> I just Why? think that's more my personality. I think I'm kind of yeah. a restless soul. So um, I think that's that's more – it's a horrible answer, but I, I just went with it. I was like, I think that's I think that's true. <laughs> well, you've got to go – you've got to follow your heart if that's what you think. That's what you think. I really want to write – actually, I, when I start just started working on this new novel, and I really want to write about female ambition – and so there's part of mm-hmm. me that's like really drawn to that answer. Cause I'm like, I want to achieve things. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally not at the expense of my happiness, but I think I have that drive in me. I think I have that sick drive. 
Mm. But that's and I good. think that's really good, yeah. Yeah, ambitious, you know. I think as females, and I don't want to turn this into a sexist thing, but I think as females, we, we're not achieving as much as we should be or could be doing, like, Mm. generally when you look at the you know if you look at famous people for example a lot of focus is on men and if it is about a woman they're like oh my god look she's done this and it's amazing and blah 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 and you think well it should be normal mm-hmm. it shouldn't be thought as something so amazing um you know men do it and it should be fine for a woman to do it too uh, but I think that's really good because we've spoken in our past episodes about so we actually had a question last week on last week's episode yeah um saying why is it that housewives are looked down on? Yes. You know, and at the end of the day, if you want to be a housewife, be a housewife. But me oh, personally, yeah. and I've said, I, that's not what I could do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it just, I, I need to do more in my life. I need to explore and do things and really push my mind to things, especially with my mm-hmm. anxiety. It stopped me from doing so much in my life. Yeah. And now I've come to a point where I'm like, no. I really need to push through certain things. Otherwise, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to get to where I want to be. Um, So, yeah, I think my message I would say to people with anxiety is just, it's so difficult. I don't want to give, you know, I'm I'm not professional here, but I think to talk to someone really helps me personally. Oh, yeah. You know, I recommend therapists all the way. (laughs) Me too. Um, But yeah, okay, next question, Tams. Uh, okay, so would you rather your partner be bad at sex and great at conversations or your partner be great at sex and bad at conversations? Great at conversation, Ooh. bad at sex. Yeah, which one? Oh, a minor great at conversation, oh, bad at sex. I would choose conversation over sex because I think like the the like wanting to jump someone's bones is probably going to fade away. But mm. But really, you know, when you're old, just having someone who's like great company and great to talk to I think is what I really want oh I think I disagree with that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm not too sure either (laughs) you know why okay look great conversation I 100% agree with that part but it's just connection for me Mm -hmm. is so important especially if I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you I get it as you get older the conversation part would of course that outweighs the sex but Imagine you're with someone for 20, 40 years and you've never had an orgasm because they're just crap. Well, That's so sad. <laughs> I mean, that would be... Like, like, are they just, like, really bad at it? Like, what is... You know, can you talk about it? Or is it just, like, always bad? Well, depends. I don't know. What, what's the question? Is it any further time? She says bad at sex. Oh, she says okay. bad at sex. It's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being with someone who you never have an orgasm with would be very devastating but maybe then you could strike up an arrangement maybe you're like well we're gonna be like together but uh we're allowed to have where we can open this up and I can sleep with people Mm. outside of the relationship I'm really playing fast and loose with your questions here this is where I thought it was gonna lead to like if if people are bad at sex I think that encourages people to go and cheat you think you know yeah I think not being sexist but I think men generally do that yeah, I think if they're getting bored of the sex or they just don't like it, they'll go somewhere else. Just mm. one night stands. Oh, just so they get in it. Yeah. But another actually good thing, point, is about the conversation part, actually, because it just came to my head. What if you pick the one where it's 
better at conversation and bad sex because if you can have great conversations with that person you can maybe open the conversation about their bad sex and you can say you know what the sex is quite bad and have a proper conversation you could teach him he could teach you and then maybe in the future the sex could become better how would you even strike up the conversation please tell me you would say excuse (laughs) me (laughs) that is shit (laughs) i think you'd have to say something like i'm really struggling um I'm struggling a bit with our with our physical relationship I feel like we're not on the same page or I feel Mm. like we're not really connecting and I wonder if you feel the same way I think you'd have to do it really gently and sort of take a lot of responsibility and be like I'm just wondering if maybe there's something I could be doing differently um to try to like wade in without saying like look you're really not doing it for me because I think that's just going to make someone defensive and shut down well wow, you're, you're much too nice person. yeah you're much better <laughs> person than, than me <laughs> and me yeah. I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll ever say it like that I'll be like listen some, you know we need to spice things up in the bedroom all right what, what we're gonna do about it <laughs> yeah oh that's good too that's very direct and like yeah, but people don't like that. This is why girls don't like us very much. <laughs> what do you mean girls don't like you? Oh, we had this issue in uni. Oh, yeah, God. So <laughs> our course, right, was full of girls. What was right? your course? At university, we did business management. <laughs> she wasn't She wasn't at uni for too long. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, well, I was there for five months. Okay, So it was mainly girls. And I don't know why. They just didn't like us very much. I think we have this face and these blunt comments and it's, I just, people didn't really like it so much. And I think this is why I say to Nora, you know, I say this to Nora all the time. Our mans are like, you know, one in a million, the fact that they're actually staying with us. Yeah. <laughs> Don't treat them like shit because they're going to, once they run, that's it. We're going to find it difficult to find somebody else who will actually take us for who we are, you know? Mm. <laughs> and I say this to her all the time. Because, <laughs> and this is why, this, you know, guys normally are our friends because I think we, I don't want to be too, you know, open about it, but I think we act more like guys than girls. Wouldn't you agree, Nora? Yeah, I think... The way I mean, we talk. Yeah, I think the way... The thing is, is that some people don't like when people are direct because it hurts their feelings. Yeah. People don't yeah. want to be hurt. People don't want to be told. It might not be their truth. It might, It's my truth. doesn't mean it's correct, though. And it's, people just don't like that. People don't like to be told you're wrong and I don't agree yeah. with you sort of thing. So I think that's why people don't really, women, I don't want to say women, just people in general don't like that. Mm. You mm-hmm. know, and that's girls, the issue though. that we have, even, <laughs> even in our relationships. If my man does something I I I try to be as nice as I can not that I'm horrible but I just so direct that it might hurt his feelings sometimes Mm -hmm. and I don't think about that and it's really bad it's a really bad trait of mine because the people that I love the most I sort of talk to them in any sort of way which is so bad but they're used to it yeah which is why I say keep them and grab hold of them and do not let them go because that's it but I think there's also something kind of refreshing about having a really direct line of communication with someone mm-hmm. especially I have to say having having moved to the UK where for the first two years people would be like well that's brilliant I'd be like thank you so much and then you yeah. realize oh they don't mean it's brilliant they mean it's okay and there's yeah. just so much that people aren't saying to you that I think mm-hmm. you know like British people who are direct are very refreshing. I think it's mm. great. So are Canadians quite direct or are they, you know, I think nice they're, about things? I think they're more, I think they're 
less direct than Americans, but more direct than British. Mm. Okay. In the middle. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> That's a good quote. Okay. Tam's next question. Okay. So the last one. Would you rather date someone you trust but don't love or date someone you love but don't trust? Oh, Ooh. That's a doozy. Because <laughs> do I have to pick? I just would rather date nobody then. <laughs> I can't have one without the other. Mm. I think I've done both, you know? Like, I've definitely been out with people who I'm like, that's a good person. I yeah. trust them, but it, the sparks just aren't there. And then you're just like, that's the kind of, like, meh relationship I was talking about at the beginning, where it's mm-hmm, just like, yeah. Snoresville. <laughs> yeah. I want to do I this. That. <laughs> and then the people who you love but can't trust, that's just like getting on the floor with a sociopath you know like getting on the dance floor with a sociopath it's like oh no what am yeah, I see, I was for? I was dating somebody um I was with him for four years and he broke my trust he cheated on me oh. um a number of times and I still took him back because I was a dumb girl that I was back then I was, he was in I, love I started dating when I was 16 yeah he was my first love and I yeah. you know I could say that now you know I I he was my first love I loved him a lot yeah and I took him back every time I found out that he cheated you know and I totally get it I didn't trust him yeah I had trust issues you know, you know whenever he's to go out but like where are you going blah, blah blah and that was not a healthy relationship yeah but I felt content with it and that was what was so messed up. Yeah. I felt like it was okay to behave like that. And it was okay to have a relationship like that. But when just thinking about it now, no, it's not okay. You know, but so for mm. me, I think I'd rather trust somebody, but don't love them. Yeah. Because maybe love can grow yeah. out of that. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense. Mm, I would agree with that one too. Yeah. The trust is so important. And if you don't have the trust, you get paranoid and it just leads to another thing and then another thing and then you find yourself on his phone yeah um, you can't relax yeah (laughs) you can't you can't I mean I have trust issues with a lot not just in my like sexual relationships but in friendships and everything I Mm. find it so difficult to trust people because I've learned as I've got as I've gotten older do not expect anything from anyone Mm. because I've been hurt so much in the past with expecting someone or because I think I would do the same for them do you know yeah. what I mean? So then I sort of expect back the same thing. Yes. And being hurt in uh, friendships where you, you trust that person and then they turn around to be a completely different person. So just have a lot of trust issues. Um, don't know how great that is, but hey-ho, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so hard with friends too because we really know how to break up with people who are in romantic relationships mm. with. But when you have a kind of – when a friend breaks your heart, it's so hard to know, like, how do you grieve that? How do you separate from a friend? How do you process it? How do you even raise an issue with a friend in a way that isn't just like terrifying? Mm. Um, Yeah, it's it's a really weird one to navigate. And I think like, friends are so important. And, and it is so easy to get hurt and then like, not really know, how do we actually repair this? Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're right. People don't focus on friendships the same way as other relationships because at, at the end of the day, a friendship is a relationship. Yeah. And you do share some sort of love. It might not be, you know, sexual love, but it's love there. Yeah. Um, and it's a connection. Like me and Tams, we've been friends for 15 years. Oh, and long time. I love her to bits, you know, and if we oh, ever bye. stop talking... <laughs> 
if we ever stopped talking, I, I think I would feel like I've had a big loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. And But I trust her with my life, to be honest. So that's Same. that's why we have that friendship, because we trust each other. Yeah, I catch you. Thank you. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, right. Should we move on to a quick dilemma? Yeah. Yes. So the title of this email is "My partner and my friend slept together." Oof. What? Hi, ladies. You're in for a right sticky situation. So, imagine where you and your girlfriend or boyfriend are in love, true love. You guys both respect each other. One day, my boyfriend and I went to a friend's birthday party. Later on, I left the party to walk one of my friends home. I joined the party again and we eventually both left to go home. After two days later, my partner explains to me that he and my friend had sex while I was walking my friend home from the party and then asked for forgiveness. Now, the question is, would you accept your partner's apology? No, 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 no. (laughs) Well, no. I do want to say, though, I mean, this is a symptom that something is not good in that relationship. Something is really off if he just did that and then feels it's okay to kind of admit it and ask for forgiveness. I mean, first of all, why isn't there a communication going on beforehand that's like, I'm feeling really disconnected from you. Hey, look, I'm, I'm finding myself attracted to other people you know whatever it is like that's a hard conversation Mm -hmm. but I think that's a better conversation than hi I've um slept with your friend and then yeah slept with your friend whilst you was down the road (laughs) and then what is he what is what is he it's not okay to just apologize and not say what you're gonna do differently or how you're actually gonna address the underlying problem Mm. which is that you know there is some some issue here What's he yeah. what's he actually going to do to address why he behaved like that? Well, the only thing I'd say which is not good, but you know, the fact that he he even admitted the fact that he cheated. Well, that's true. We should not focus a lot of men that. do that. They yeah. kind of just hide away from it or they get caught, you know? She would have never found out. At least he was honest about it. I think that's the only thing that I'd rate him for. Other than that, you know, He's a mug. <laughs> I, I knew it. I oh, agree. It's such a good point. The fact that he came forward with it and is asking for forgiveness is actually, uh, yeah, that's a point, isn't it? Mm. But do you I think mean, he's asking, he's telling her that because he wants to get away from the relationship? You know? Oh. Like, as an excuse. Not as an excuse, but yeah, as an excuse to say, look, it's time to break up. And I'm just to let you know that I've cheated on you. It's sort of like pushing the boundaries. Let me see how far I can push you, yeah. just so you know. Um, I'm sorry. Please forgive me, but I cheated on you. It's like, for me, that's like pushing the boundaries, trying to see how far he can get with you. Are you going to stay? Are you going to leave? You know, I don't know. Me personally, I, I just think if someone cheats on you and they're truly, truly sorry and they tell you, then great, fantastic. But if someone cheats on you and tells you and says, oh, you know, please forgive me, and that's it. I just think they're taking the piss. I just think they kind of want you to mm-hmm. see how far they can push you, see what they can get from you, you know, and then, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Well, you know what? I think if this was me over 10 years ago, I would have just let that slide. Yeah. I would have just been like, okay, cool. Just don't do it again. But I would have spoken to the friend again. Mm. Oh, yeah, it was this the friend. Is... Shit. Yeah, so it was a friend. The fr- this is, me and Nora had this uh, topic before. Where who would we be more angry at? Yeah. The, mm. the boyfriend or your friend? So I made a scenario that, you know, 
for example, her and her boyfriend split up, and I went with her, with her boyfriend, her ex boyfriend. Yeah. Who would you be more angry at? And she was first kind of going towards the boyfriend. I said, "Are you crazy? You know, I've known everything, every single argument that you guys have had, all the stuff that you've gone through. You know, I know what triggers him off. You know, yeah. So I would be preventing that. So you should be like more angry at me. She's like, yeah, true. <laughs> you it's know, true. because I feel like even though the boyfriend is still at, you know, at, is in the wrong. But I think the friend is who, I think you would always trust your friend more than your boyfriend. I don't know. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I don't know if it's the same for Nora, but I would definitely trust my friend more. You know, it's, you always have an inkling about your boyfriend. Every, you know, this is with everyone. You don't ever trust someone 100%, in my opinion. You always got this like, mm, if factor. So I don't know. That's me anyway. It's so tricky, isn't it? Yeah. I do. I do think the friend is more um, of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you said, yeah. Because, like, like you said earlier, times if you had gone with my boyfriend, for example, I've mm. opened up to you about him. I've told yeah. you everything. I've told you our problems. I've literally opened myself to you to you know as a friend to have someone to talk to, and then you yeah. go off and then sleep with my boyfriend. Yeah, that's oh, it. God, that's. I think that's worse. Yeah, such a betrayal. Yeah, yes. I would. I I don't know. I think that would shatter me even more. That it's with my friend. Yeah. If it was a stranger, you think, oh, that's such a dick move. But mm. with your friend, that's a different level. Yeah. Well, it's like two people you trust keeping a secret from you, and it also mm-hmm. it does sort of question make you question his motives in confessing it because maybe it's like if her friend tells her, or if a mutual friend tells her then I'll look really bad. So let me get ahead mm. of it. Would he have confessed it if it hadn't been with her friend? Do you mm, think that's, that's like motivating? Yes. Yeah, see, so many questions here. What ifs? So Haley, would you accept the apology? I no. I would say that he has to do a little bit more tap dancing and like, I'm sorry. And here's how I want to um, address why I did this. Here's how I'm going to make it right moving forward. Yeah, I think he should have to like grovel a little bit more and actually mm. say what he's going to do differently. And then I think, yeah, if you, if in your gut it feels like, okay, I believe that, then accept mm-hmm. it and move on. And if not, then just um, get rid of him. Yeah, 100% agree. That's what I, I think. think. Yeah. yeah, I think um, you make, you make him work for it. You yeah. make him try and build that trust. But saying that I don't think trust you will ever trust that person 100% again that's just what I believe I think once that trust is broken like there's that quote when you if you if you break a glass you can glue the pieces but you still see the cracks yeah and it's the same with trust you can glue the pieces back on you can try and build the trust but there's always going to be cracks between the lines and I think that thing in the back of your mind for me personally it, 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 it will always stay there so it's kind of hard. You've got to decide, is he worth it? Is he mm. worth taking back? Is he worth going through the whole hassle of him trying to prove himself? Yeah. Or has he just kind of showed you something about his character and it's better to cut your losses and run? Exactly. True. Yeah, exactly. But you have to make your own decisions. We can't make that decision for you. Just do no. whatever makes you happy, whatever you decide to do. And maybe don't make rash decisions, you know, like, oh, let me just do this right now. Take yeah. some time for yourself because this has got to be hard, like really hard. 
Exactly. You're a great person and you deserve to be treated with respect and the utmost love and That's care. It. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I think a lot of us, we sort of, when you love someone, I don't know what it's like with you guys, but you sort of devalue yourself in a lot of ways. Mm. Like where you usually wouldn't accept someone to disrespect you in a certain way, you'd be like, you know, you might say something back, but if it's your partner, they might say something, you're like, okay, I'm just going to leave that for now. I'm just going to brush that under the carpet. You, mm-hmm. you sort of let them get away with more because you love that person. Yeah. So that's what I mean by we devalue certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, when really you should remember who you were right at the beginning before you get into a relationship, you know, who True. you were when you get into a relationship, usually we're quite strong depending on, you know, if you come from being really hurt. Yeah, we don't want that. No, we don't don't want that. No. Right. um, Thank you for sending in your dilemma. Keep sending them in. Um, And I think it's time to wrap this up now. Yes. So keep sending in your emails. You can find our email in the description box wherever you're listening. And you can follow us on our Instagram at real underscore life scenarios. That's correct. And Hayley, thank you for joining us today. It's been really, really nice listening to you. Oh. Thank you both so much for having me. You can come back whenever you want. Come back again. We would love to have you back. Thank you. Uh, All the all the links to your book and everything will be in the description. So guys, please follow, take a listen on her podcast, and also you can follow her on her Instagram. What is your Instagram? I'll put it down in the description. Don't worry about that. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then catch you in the next week's episode. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.